or if you have your Bibles, go to the Hall of Fame of Faith, Hebrews chapter 11 once again. You say, when are we going to get out of there? I'm in no hurry. Praise God, because I need more faith every day, every week. I realize how much I need more faith. Hebrews chapter 11, wasn't that a beautiful song? You know, you ought to stand amazed. You know, we don't come here for ourselves, or we'd all stay home, and we would uh, have virtual worship the rest of our life, because it's very convenient, very, very easy. We don't come here just for each other, but that is an encouragement to see others. We come here for him. And the, and the word church means ecclesia. That means called out assembly. And so I'm praying and we're overprotective. I notice, and some of y'all can see your faces. But I want to tell you something. We're trying to protect the chance to be here together. Amen. All we got to do is have a breakout and then we're shut down and then you'll see my beautiful face on radio. Amen. But uh, uh, so we're, we're, trying, we're trying to keep this thing uh, together and I'm trying to keep myself together. And thank God it's all for the glory of God. Say amen. So uh, thank you so much. Ushers, I know this is not easy. You feel, uh, you know, it's, it's just not, it don't even look, look right for ushers to take up the offering with the uh, mast on. Amen. Think about that for a second. You know, none, of this, none of this is comfortable. None of this looks right. None, none of it feels right. Uh, but I went to a ball game yesterday, and they, they took my temperature before I even got into the Little League ball game. And then I found out it was, uh, it was three quarters over, so I couldn't even, I couldn't even go down the long steps down, uh, to, so I stayed up, up on top, and uh, unfortunately, uh, I was challenged by one of our members to play football, and so uh, uh, Peyton said, I, I, you really moved good for an old man, that's what he said. <laughs> and then that motivated me even more, I said, I'll show him, praise God. So I was diving and jumping, and I'm going to tell you something. I ain't moving this morning too good, but anyway, uh, so, you know, even Little League is uh, shooting us with temperature gauges, so um, uh, we just got to get through this, amen? Let's get through it together. Let's encourage each other. Don't, don't boycott the house of God because you don't agree with something. I don't agree with seatbelts, but I wear them, amen? You get fat as I am, you don't like seatbelts. You have to really stretch them to get them around there. Amen. You know, pump, pump. I, I can't stand seatbelts, but I think it's going to help uh, when that lady driver runs into me. Amen. And so I, I buckle up. Amen. All right. Uh, Judges chapter 11. I'm glad some of y'all smiling and laughing. Praise the Lord. It's good. Um, and I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. And uh, we're really doing a character narrative uh, series. We're just, we're just preaching on characters. And some of these characters had some very unusual backgrounds, amen? Some of y'all are characters, amen? Graham's a character, I'll tell you that. Praise God, get up here, and he, he got b back behind here, and he just started singing, amen? And that's good, amen, praise God. That's good training, amen? I didn't know what he'd come up here for. I thought he'd come to hug his preacher. He'd come up here to sing a solo. So we had two solos, and a, and a duet, and that's wonderful, amen? I'm glad people love the house of God, want to be in the house of God. Best place in the world to be raised in the house of God. I'm going to tell you something, friend. If you don't start them young at his age, uh, when they get teenagers, you're going to have to uh, rope them to get them here. Amen? I mean, it ought to be a way of life and every day. And so if you have babies, bring them to the house of God. I'll be very brief, I, I promise you, because there's no nursery. Uh, I mean, I'll quit by 1230 uh, at least. But, um, uh, you know, it's, it's just worth it. It's just worth it to raise children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and for love, to love God. Because I'm going to tell you something, it's the only thing that's going to protect them. 
If you check the, if you check the climate in the colleges and the high schools and the schools and the marketplace lately, it's wicked. It's, it's humanistic. And they're going to have to have a background. They're going to have to be grounded and settled. Or they're going to be sifted as that great message was preached. All right, let's stand on the Word of God. You're going to be excited. I'm going to read one word. You can sit down. No, we're going to read one verse. It says in what? Uh, verse 32. Listen to this. It says, And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon. We preached on him. And of Barak and Deborah, by the way. And of Samson. Boy, that was a good series. And this morning and tonight, I'm going to be preaching on this fella. And of Jephthah. Of David also and Samuel and prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in the fight. I wanted to read that for this morning tonight's message and turn to flight the armies of the aliens. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the precious time we've had together. Lord, I wish we could have handshaking, hugging time. God, it's just so wonderful to see Brother Bobby after six months or five months uh, recovering from all these surgeries. And God, thank you for bringing him back to us. Pray that you'd bless him, protect him, and God, heal him. And God, for all our members, God, that's been suffering, I think of the um, uh, Gardner family. God, I thank you for her precious memory. God, she was one of the best mothers I ever knew with a, 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 a young baby that um, uh, got a typhoid fever when she was a baby, and God, Felicia needed her the, her whole life. They even were in the same nursing home uh, room, and God, what a good mother. We thank you for Miss Gardner, her precious memories. And God, the memories she gave us, and sometimes even the trials and tribulations she gave us, Lord, and she was determined to do something for God no matter what. Thank you for that, dear lady. God, may we be uh, men and ladies of faith, teenagers, young adults of faith. And may our faithfulness and our drive and our determination show who we have faith in. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm not going to start or stay in this one verse. I just want to give you uh, a jumping point to Judges chapter 11. Go from Hebrews 11 to Judges chapter 11. I wanted to go through the book of Judges in the future, and I'm doing it and didn't realize I was going to do it. Uh, but we're going to study the whole chapter of chapter 11. A man named Jephthah. And I want you to notice his background, number one, in verses one through three. It says, now Jephthah, the Gideonite, was a mighty man of valor. You with me? Joshua, Judges. And he was the son of a harlot. I want you to remember that. He was the son of a harlot, and the Gideon begot, and Gideon begot Jephthah. And Gideon's wife bare him sons, and his wife's son grew up, and they thrust out Jephthah. They kicked him out of the house and said to him, Thou shalt not inherit our father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman, a harlot, a prostitute. And then Jephthah fled from his brethren and dwelt in the land of Tob. And there was gathered vain men to Jephthah, and he went out with him. And it came to pass in the process of time that the children of Amnon made war against Israel. Now get this, in verse 5. And it was so that when the children of Amnon made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to fetch 
Jephthah out of the land of Tob. And they said unto Jephthah, come and be our captain. We might fight with the children of Amnon. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gideon, did not ye hate me and expel me out of the father's house? And why are you coming to me now when you're in distress? And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, therefore we turn again to thee now Thou mayest go with us and fight against the children of Amnon and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, If you bring me home again to fight against the children of Amnon and the Lord delivered them before me, shall I be, uh, be your head, a judge, a king? And the elders of the Gilead said unto Jephthah, The Lord be witness between us if we do not so according to thy word. Then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made uh, him head and captain over them. And Jephthah uttered all his words before the Lord in Mishpat. You know, this is an unusual story, but a true one, of course. And it's about little as much when God is in it. And you know, sometimes there's a lot of excuses that we make, our background. We let the past poison the present and ruin the future. But I want to say this, here's a man of God, Jephthah, who was a son of a prostitute. And then when his stepmother had other sons, she said, well, you're a outcast and you're just a uh, foster child, so to speak. Thought about Brother Tony, I heard him preach this morning, a great message. And we're going to cast you out. And folks, I want you to know this, this story of faith should teach you that there's no outward condition that should hinder you from serving God. There's nothing in your past that should not be concluded. Now, there's some things you can't be, maybe a deacon or a pastor of the church because of some tragedies in your past that other people can't handle. But I want to tell you something, there is no excuse not to serve God. And I want to tell you something, it's all by faith. It's faith in a God that will forgive it's faith in a God that will uh, restore. It's faith in a God that will love you when some other people don't love you. And folks, I want to tell you this. You might be rejected by everybody in the world, but you won't ever be rejected by God. So I want you to see in verse 1 through 3, I see the rejection of Jephthah. Uh, here's a man of faith. He became a man of faith. And when he was rejected, he didn't get bitter. He got better. And he started being a mercenary uh, soldier and, and started defending the, uh, the helpless and the homeless and the ones that were being overcome. And he became a great soldier, became a great man of God, or they wouldn't have come looking for him. He became a valiant man of God. The Bible says he was a mighty man of valor. Now, I want to tell you this, friend. I believe that God wants us to realize that our painful past can act as a catalyst when uh, uh, God wants us to draw closer to him. And instead of making us bitter, we can become more available and we can learn from the hurts of the past. I want to say this, I want to say it clearly, maybe you hadn't had a perfect past, but I'll tell you something, nobody has. And God has forgiven you of that imperfect past if that was your problem. And your mistakes, a lot of us are mistakes, but I want to tell you something, it's a fool that doesn't learn from their mistakes. Jephthah learned that he wasn't going to let history repeat itself. 
that he was going to be a man of God, illegitimate son, unwanted by his family. And when his stepmother had her own children, she said, hey, you're out. Now, I know he didn't feel like God's choice servant at that time, but by faith he got up. Abraham uh, treated Ishmael and Hagar the same way. And unfortunately, Ishmael didn't get up. They became a, uh, the enemy of God and Israel. Uh, folks, Jephthah was despised, rejected, and acquainted with sorrow and grief. Does that remind you of somebody? But except for one person. You might be rejected by everybody in the world, but you're accepted in the beloved. Say amen. Little did Jephthah know that uh, uh, his rejection would elevate him like Joseph to be a judge of Israel. I want you to look at Psalms 27, verse 10, please. Psalms 27, verse 10. This is a precious verse. Steph and Trent were so excited they got noticed that, uh, this week that they were going to be able to adopt that little uh, nine-year-old that they've had. Uh, and uh, it's just on the final stages. Boy, they're all excited. He's all excited. He's changing his name. He's excited about being in the house of God. He's, he's an honorary usher. Uh, Graham likes to sing. He likes to usher. He gets, gets up and es escorts everybody into the house of God. And I want to tell you something, friend. That is God intervening, and he does. Look at Psalms 27, verse 10. The Bible says, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. When my father and my mother forsake me. You know, Brother Tony Howarth was a great preacher. He was preaching some straight, I mean, blasting it this morning about the gospel and being true to the gospel. I mean, he was letting it rip. It was this wonderful message. Um, and you know, he was a foster child. And he, he, he don't talk about it much, but he talked to me a little about it, about some of the things he had to live in and endure because these people were in it for the money. And they had a bunch of kids, and they, they were trying to earn money by keeping these foster kids. And he was literally so abused. And then the Howarth family adopted him, a Christian family. And folks, I think about Jephthah. He has no way on this earth qualified to be a mighty man of valor. Um, I'm going to preach tonight on did he sacrifice his daughter? Did he kill his daughter? Did he put her on the altar? I think not. And I'll give you the scripture for it. But they, uh, listen, I want to tell you something. Uh, no matter what your family background is, God's able to use you for his glory. You know, if you'll pray for one reason, that's to receive blessings for his glory, God will bless you for one reason. He'll give you his glory. He will bless you with his name. Jephthah learned to depend upon God. And in this chapter, he uses the personal name of God more than any person in the book of Judges. You know, sometimes when we go through some hard knocks, it makes us more appreciative. Hey, how many appreciate being here today that had to miss months because of sickness? Amen, Brother Bobby? It's a fresh breath of air just to be able to be in the house of God. It's such a privilege. But before all this, we took it for granted. And sometimes we weren't even faithful when we were healthy. We weren't even faithful when we, uh, when we wanted to sleep in. And folks, God help us 
to realize that sometimes through trials and tribulation, God's just drawn us to himself. God's making us more like him. And that ought to be our attitude when trials and trouble comes. Not panic, not be pitiful, not get bitter. Jephthah said, hey, I've got a purpose. And he swept the room he was in. It might have been the backside of the desert like Moses, but praise God, here he is uh, protecting those that needed his help and becoming a mighty warrior. Rejection can be, a con, can, can be constructive to your character because you find out God doesn't reject you. Um, that's helped me in the ministry lately and for 42, four, no, excuse me, 46 years. That when people reject me, I cannot take it personal. When they reject my leadership, I cannot take it personal because I represent him who loves them in spite of of rejection. Our Lord was rejected and he was put on the cross. But aren't you glad he kept loving us? Folks, rejection can be productive in our principles and rejection can be instructive in our life if we respond the right way. And what is that response? By faith. Why do you think a son of a prostitute, a, man, a young man that was kicked out of the house by his stepmother, would be in the hall of fame of faith. I'll tell you why. Because he's a man of faith that did not quit when other people hurt him. Hurt people usually hurt people. But I want to tell you something, friend. Hurt people ought to help people. Jephthah's rejection period was very important. I'll tell you why. It was a crucial molding time in his life. Folks, don't waste this time. Don't waste this time. Don't waste trouble. The Bible says that when we have trouble and it comes in manifold ways, that we ought to pray for wisdom, James 1, 5, and God will give it to us liberally. And then it says we won't be unstable because an unstable man cannot even have his prayers answered. And so don't waste your trouble. Don't waste your life pouting. Don't waste your life isolating. Don't waste your life trying to defend things that are not more important than the name of God. His name's more important than all this junk. Whether you wear a mask or you don't wear a mask, whether you're isolated or not isolated, I'm gonna tell you something, friend. God help us to keep our focus that God has called this church to be united for Christ for souls and for his glory, not for ours. This is very inconvenient, and it's very, very unusual, and it's very frustrating, because I sure like the way we were going before all this happened. I sure love the bus minister being revived, Brother Petty, and people coming in, these little kids. I was amazed. Was it last Sunday or last Tuesday? I don't know when it was, but two of our young uh, children came and I said, I wonder how they got there. And they said, well, ask Betty or whoever, Maria or uh, whoever. She drives now. I said, she does what? She drives. One of our bus kids drives. Has it been that long? <laughs> well, I've been in the twilight zone and it's been six years instead of six months. She drove to church last Sunday night. Glory, Brother John, we must be getting old. If your bus kids are driving... You know what thrilled my soul? 
those two little girls wanted to come to church. And those two little girls knew where they were loved. And those two little girls looked for you as their leaders when you taught them in Sunday school. And they didn't let all this junk drive them away from God, but drive them to God. May your preacher be as spiritual as them. I've had many friends that are resigning the ministry now. I have many friends that call me and say, listen, I ain't telling my church, but as soon as this is over, I'm out of here. I can't take it. It breaks my heart. And folks, I want you to know that we see the rivalry, number two, in verse four, it says this real quick, and it came to pass in the process of time that the children of Amnon made war against Israel. The Ammonites made war against Israel and Israel had a major problem. Uh, and so what did they do? They, fought, they had to find a valiant, a valiant, mighty man of valor, a son of a harlot, a man that was kicked out of his own house, but remained faithful to God and faithful to be a warrior. And they said, we gotta have some help. And they called on him of all people. And he was available. Let me say this, friend, be available. You never know when God's gonna call you to lead somebody to the Lord. Hey, don't drop your guard. Folks, listen, this is a great time to be a soul winner. This is a great time to be a witness. This is a great time to be a shepherd. This is a great time to, uh, to care for people. Say amen. I've had four graveside funerals in the last four weeks. And I've been praying for you, Miss Lois. I know it's been a tough week. But I want to tell you, it's an opportunity. And I decided, I said, how am I going to give an invitation, Brother Randy? I can't even get close to him. And God gave me an insight. Says, you wrote a track, didn't you? I said, yeah. Church is important, more important than church. If you died today, do you know you go to heaven? You said, that's a little insensitive to hand out at a funeral, isn't it? No, not if you do it right and do it in love. Yes, the other night, the uh, other day at, at uh, your mom's sister's funeral, I over in Red Wine Cove. Hadn't been up in that uh, cemetery in a long time. Uh, that's where Brother Lamar and Miss Nell is going to be laid to rest, I guess. Amen. Y'all got y'all's plot ready? Amen. Well, don't make reservations right now. Amen. We want you around a while. And, we, you know, he was showing me around. It's just a little bitty acreage. But I want to tell you something, friend. I saw one lady in a wheelchair say, hey, listen, give me another one. I know somebody that needs this. I said, glory to God. I, I like that. And then uh, Thursday or uh, not Thursday, but uh, Ms. Lois's brother's funeral, Doug's, uh, uh, I said, my wife's got the tracks. And uh, if you want a message, and I want to tell you something, two ladies came up to her and said, we need that message. They didn't say we need it for somebody else. They said, we need that message. And so there's a way to witness. Now, I'm not bragging on anything but the word of God because the word of God's not bound. But I want to tell you something, folks, we're in a warfare and the devil wants us to get stagnant now. He wants us to get complacent. He wants us to never come back to Sunday school because we just enjoy Miss Rebecca and Brother Jack so much in our pajamas that we can just lay back in the lounge chair and sip Diet Coke and go to church. It's not the same. It's not the same. I guarantee you, Miss Rebecca, it's been 27 weeks, 25 weeks. She's counting the days she's in that little room back there with those little uh, fellows running all around trying to teach the Word of God. Because it's nothing like being personal. But folks, we're in a rival. 
This is not a war against each other. It's not a war against the Democrats. It's not a war against the Republicans. It's not a war against Trump. It's not a war against uh, anyone or any person. It's a war against Satan. And folks, anytime Israel went against uh, 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 in the warfare, if they went in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, there was victory. They went in their name, there was defeat. And so I see the request in verse 5 and 6. I'm trying to be real brief, get you out of here by noon. I'm, I'm seriously trying to do that. Seriously. And y'all don't get used to it now. After this is all over, we're going back to preach as long as we want to. I'm just trying to help you mamas because you are so patient wrestling those youngins. And 45 minutes to them is a lifetime. I understand. If I'll get on preaching, we won't be here two hours. But look at verse 5 and 6, please. It says, And it was so that when the children of Amnon made war against Israel, the elders of... <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. The leaders, the elders of Gilead, went to fetch <laughs> Jephthal out of the land of Tob. What a name. And they said to Jephthal, Come and be our captain. We might fight with the children of Amnon. They traveled 80 miles, according to Bible geography. They went 80 miles. And folks, his brothers, his mother, and even his father allowed him to be rejected, but praise God, the elders had enough sense to find a man of faith, <clears throat> to find a valiant warrior. And this delegation <clears throat> went 80 miles. I don't know how many days that took, because <clears throat> they didn't have a Chevrolet or, or a <clears throat> Ford. And folks, the call of leadership come, up, come upon Jephthah's life. Folks, be ready, be willing, be prepared. God's calling you to lead. We're not to be followers. We're not to be wimps and go every whim of the way. We're not to put ourselves in a cave during this time and try to hibernate. We are to take back new ground we are to be witnesses, and if there's ever a time you need to have your pockets full of tracks when you go into Kroger's, and by the way, it'll be easy to hand out tracks if you've got a mask on because they won't know who you are. Say amen. <laughs> you can look mean hand out a track. Now, praise God. You can look scared hand out a track. But I want to tell you some folks, we ought to have confidence that, the, that people need the Lord and the only hope they got is God and there's a lot of people going to hell that need to go to heaven, and we can be uh, in, in, the, in the leadership of the Holy Spirit, great and valiant, brave men and ladies and boys and girls of faith. Faith. <clears throat> and then I see, fourthly, the review of the past. Look at verse 7. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, he had, to, he had to say this. You'd have said it too. Did not ye hate me? You ever wanted to just say, hey, listen. It's strange that now that you need something, you're coming to me. I have that happen all the time. I have people who won't speak to me until they have marriage problems. They'll call me back up and say, would you talk to me? Would you counsel me? I said, sure, come on down. Come on over. Then they say, then they insult me after the counsel. Well, how much I owe you? I said, I don't, you don't owe me nothing. I'm still your pastor. It might be long distance. I hadn't seen you in six months or six years, but I still love you. And folks, I want to tell you something. I want to say like Jephthah, didn't you hate me? Folks, we can't take this thing personal. It's a warfare against God, not man. 
And look at it, it says, did not ye hate me and expel me out of the Father's house? Why are you coming to me now when you're in distress? Aren't you glad that when we treat God that way, he doesn't say or scold you? The Bible says if you'll come to him in manifold temptations, trials and tribulations, that he'll give you wisdom and he'll upbraid you not. I like that, don't you? He won't scold you for coming to him, but he'll love you for coming to your senses. Amen. I like a God like that. I like a God that's patient. I like a God that's long-suffering. I like a God that's merciful. And folks, we can review the past if we want to, but I want to tell you something, folks. We treat God the same way. We call on God when we're dying. We call on God when our loved ones get sick. We call on God as emergency rations instead of daily bread. Can somebody say amen? We call on God more in the emergency room than we do in the prayer room, and sometimes we don't even show up to the prayer room. Boy, our little Johnny runs a fever of 102 or gets the virus, praise God, the first person we're calling on is God. And you know what I love about God? He didn't say, hey, didn't you kick me out of your life? Didn't you put yourself before me? Didn't you put your education before me? Didn't you put your little league before me? Didn't you put your sports before me? No, he don't say that. He just says, come to me all ye heavy, heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Rest for you. So I love God. I love, I love how patient he is. Some of y'all not that patient. Somebody rejects you, they come to you and won't help you, say, hey, I ain't helping you. I don't believe we ought to baby people. I don't believe we ought to be the welfare. You know, we've got enough entitlement going around today as it is. But I believe we ought to be merciful. And folks, I want to tell you something, old Jephthah was merciful. And then I see the, the reconsideration. reconsideration. Verses 8 through 10, I'll, I'll try to quit with just a couple more points. It said, and the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, Therefore we turned again to thee now, that thou mayest go with us. They were desperate. And fight against the children of Amnon, and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. He says, Not only do we want you to fight and be the captain, we want you to be the judge. We want you to be the leader. We want you to be the king. And look at this. Verse 9, and Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, if you, bring, if you bring me home again to fight against the children of Amnon, and the Lord delivered them before me, shall I be your head? He said, are you sure about that now? You want this son of a prostitute, kicked out homeless, been on the backside of a place called Tob, fighting as a mercenary uh, soldier. You really th want me to be king? He wanted a commitment out of him. Look at verse 10. And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, the Lord be witness between us if we do not so according to thy words. He says, hold it to it, hold it to us. And you know something, I'm gonna tell you something, friend. When I look at this, I think of Joseph. When I look at this, I think of Daniel. When I look at this, I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, they were under rule and reign of tyrant, and thank God the Lord is a God 
who can turn, a th turn things around quickly. Thank the Lord. He's the author of reversals. I want to say this, friend, no matter what you've done, or how much, how much you've been through, and how much you've rejected the Lord, the Lord will not reject you if you come back with a humble spirit. And not only will he not, only re not reject you, he will use you. Isn't that amazing? That God would use Jephthah. But it's amazing that God would use any of us after sometimes we become fair-weather Baptists and the only time we serve God is when it's convenient for us. God, help us to serve God in the bad times. God, help us to serve God when we don't feel like it. God, help us to die to self and say, I'm not the important one here, but Lord, you're the important one. And get back on the front lines. And get back in the battle. Because whether you know it or not, we're in a battle. And it's a warfare. And folks, most people don't even know it. They think it's just going to church. It's just having their little old way. And they're tired and sick and tired of authority. And they're just not going to put up with it. But I want to tell you something. The big picture is this. God wants to deliver you from yourself. And God wants to break you to make you. And God wants to humble you that you might lift you up in due season to be a mighty lady or man of valor of faith. And if we waste this time, we will regret it the rest of our life. Jephthah could have told that delegation, go jump in a lake. How many of you have done that? Don't you raise your hand. I know some of you. I know some of you. I passed you long enough, and I've loved you long enough. That's exactly what you'd have said. Go jump in a lake. Jephthah said, okay. Let me get a commitment out of y'all. Are you sure if I do this and God gives the victory, you're going to bring me back as the head, the leader. They said, you got our word on it. There's not a sign of bitterness in Jephthah's life. There's not a sign of revenge. He did not let pride get in his way. He said, okay, let's do it together. And folks, verse 11, we see the, the ruler appointed. And Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head, and the captain over them, and Jephthah uttered all his words, before the Lord in Mishpah. Praise God, he began to pray. He was a true man of faith. That's why he's in the Hall of Fame of Faith. And he rises up after unfavorable, to say the least, circumstances and develops a, the, into a person of character and courage and faith. He conquers his circumstances. He develops into a person that could be called a mighty man of valor. He conquers his circumstances before he conquers the enemy of Israel. And by faith, it became a blessing. And by faith, God gave him the victory. And by faith, he demonstrated that God is a God of a second chance. 
and that God is a God that uses trials and tribulation to make us more like Jesus. I'm so glad, I'm so glad that the Lord knows how to root us and ground us in his love and his word. I read this this morning. The Paul Chapel sends out a little devotion. And he said he heard about a farmer who had received abundant rain on the soybean and corn crops, and a friend congratulated him on the, the green state of the fields after the rain, and was surprised. Uh, the farmer replied to his surprise, my crops are especially vulnerable right now. Even a short drought could have, have devastating effect. Why, the friend asked. The farmer explained that while we see the frequent rains as a benefit during that time, the plants are not required to push roots deeper in search of water. And the roots remain near the surface. A drought would find the plants unprepared and quickly kill them. While we should rejoice in great times and while we should rejoice in all the blessings of life, I'm going to tell you something, friend. The times of struggle. It's what God uses to deepen the roots of our faith. So many people bail out, quit, panic, pout, become pitiful. But I want to tell you what we ought to be. We ought to become rooted and say, dear God, I need your Bible more than ever. I need prayer more than ever. I need your church more than ever. I need each other more than ever. I need you, God. And that's exactly what Jephthah did. He didn't reject those that rejected him. He went back and became their savior, became their general, became their judge, became their leader. Oh, that God would give us faith. Now tonight, I'm going to preach on when he slipped up, when he made a vow that he shouldn't have made. But I'm going to preach to you also that God can even help our carelessness and forgive our carelessness and use you for his glory. Let me ask you a question this morning. How are you doing? How are you doing during this time? I hope you're more grounded and rooted in the word of God than ever before. You know, I, I'll just be honest with you. There's some people never going to come back to this church because the devil's going to toss them to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And it breaks my heart. They'll never be in leadership again. But I'll tell you something, there's some people that's going to come back through this pandemic stronger, more determined, have more faith, more rooted and more grounded in God's word than ever before because they let tribulation work patience. And patience, hope. And hope maketh no man ashamed. And the love of God is shed abroad through our hearts through the Spirit of God. Father, use this message. Thank you, dear God, for the lesson we can learn from a son of a prostitute. A lesson we can learn from a child that was rejected and cast out. God, may we see your patience, may we see your mercy, and may we be like you and be patient and merciful towards those that hurt us, those that reject us, and those that seemingly cast us out. 
God, I pray in Jesus' name and for your glory that you would increase the faith of our church. Increase my faith as the pastor. Increase Brother Jason's faith as the associate pastor. God, increase the faith of the deacons and increase the faith of the teachers. God, increase our faith. And Lord, help it come out as mercy and grace and love and patience for one another. And God prepares for leadership, prepares for some great times of revival, prepares to face the enemy like Jephthah faced the Ammonites, and God prepares for victory because, Lord, I believe victory is coming in your name your glory. If we'll just respond by faith, victory's coming. With every head bowed, every eye closed, just preached a few minutes from my heart, because I don't know any other way to preach. But how many would say, preacher, <clears throat> this morning I need the message. I don't want to give up. I don't want to retreat. I don't want to get angry. I don't want to get bitter. I certainly don't want to quit God. I just want to be a man of faith. I want to be a lady of faith. I want to be a young lady and young man of faith. I want to see God work through this time of trials and tribulation. Maybe some personal trials and tribulation, loneliness, hurt, rejection. Would you let that draw you to God? Would you let that draw you to the foot of the cross? Have me say, preach, that's exactly what I want and what I need. I want you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer? That's our altar call this morning. Thank you. Man, I tell you, it's hard when your loved one's rejected. Hey, it's hard uh, when people that you love so much reject you. But Jephthah got back up and said, I've got a work to do for God. He didn't say go jump in a lake. He said, let's go to war together. Anyone else? I mean, say, preacher, I'm not saved. If I died today, I don't know I'd go to heaven. This would be a great time to be saved, by the way. A lot of people are dying. I've never done so many funerals in my life. I know they're all, not all COVID-related, but every time I go to a funeral, I ask God to speak to my heart about the brevity of life. And then when I have these young guys say, preacher, I didn't, I didn't know you could move like that because so, you're so old, it reminds me I ain't got much time. <laughs> I'm not talking about playing football. I'm talking about serving God. I've got to make sure I don't waste a, a day feeling sorry for myself. You'd say, preacher, I'm not even saved. I haven't started that great adventure of faith. And I'd like you to pray for me. You're not saved. Would you raise your hand high for prayer? Let me pray for you. It's the most I can do for you. Okay. Father, thank you for the service. I pray, God, this message and the rest of the chapter is so interesting. God, it's, it's such, a, a, such a lesson of not making hasty vows, but to be willing to be faithful. And so, Lord, we thank you for the life of Jephthah. And we thank you, dear God, for putting the weak people that become strong in the Bible so we as weak people can become strong in you in faith. So, Lord, increase our faith is our prayer. Use us, 
as leaders for you. In Jesus' precious name we pray.